Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America in COVID, an oral history project. I started this podcast during Black History Month of 2022. I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who is a Black American who sadly lost their life either to COVID-19 or during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was inspired by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, author, playwright, anthropologist, and she recorded her experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture. I'll share a little bit about me and my family. I'm a Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. He told me that his family, they were slaves in Georgia during American slavery, and they migrated up north to Philadelphia. So my dad was born in Philadelphia. My dad met my mom in graduate school at the new school in the 1970s. They were both studying psychology and getting master's degrees in psychology. My mother is Jamaican-American. She went to college in Canada and moved to New York City, where she met my dad. My mom became a teacher after they got married, and she is now a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica for 20 years and in New York City for 20 years. My great-grandmother was also a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married. My great-grandmother was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She stopped working in the 1800s after she got married because it wasn't considered respectable for a woman to work after she got married back then. Ironically, my mother began working long after she got married in the late either 1980s or 1990s. So, without further ado, I'm excited to speak with my guest today. Hello, my name is uh, Alicia Buss Folks, and um, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, and I currently live in Waukegan, Illinois. Thank you. And do you identify as Black or African-American or how do you identify? I identify as Black. And can you share what your ancestry is? It's a good question. Um, I'm going to say that I have a lot of wishful thinking around this, but my father did take a DNA test. So I'm going to, I can share a little bit of that. But my ancestry, American-wise, is um, Black American Southern region. Um, my father's from um, family is from Virginia and the North Carolina region, and my mother's family is from Florida and the um, coastal region of South Carolina. So and Georgia. 
coastal Georgia. So that's like my American lineage. Um, but my wishful thinking lineage um, is West African. And, um, you know, based on some random DNA tests, I believe there'll be a mixture of like Nigerian and Benin, that area. And I think even parts of Cameroon, um, that's that connection. Um, but then also there is some mixtures of like um, Central Ireland and things like that as most African-Americans do have a little bit of that as well. Right, my mom did the, the, the DNA test and I, I wanna do it too. And her, so my great grandmother was half Irish, half black. So I guess my great great grandmother was an Irish woman. So as you wow. said, like most African-Americans are mixed with Irish. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that crazy? Right, yes. So random. <laughs> it is. I just started thinking about, yeah, history. <laughs> especially now. Um, well, that's a tangent. I was I was gonna start talking about reparations, but that's a whole other topic. So we'll just oh yeah, with well, the the ADOs, like you know, trying to figure out when where the line is drawn, <laughs> right? Who qualifies and who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. As you look into California, they're they're working on that. I saw that they have a special reparations task force. I've been following them and. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with them. There's a lot of debate, but direct mm-hmm. descendants of uh, American chattel slavery, that's where they're drawing the line. Mm-hmm. And do you have any, are you mixed with any like Caribbean? I swear that I thought maybe you were. Yeah, so my mom is Jamaican. So that that's okay. where the, the great grandmother was Irish. And then my dad is actually, well, was African-American and indigenous American. Mm-hmm. So I need to ask, those cousins if it was sue and i think sue is like the politically incorrect name now for the indigenous americans oh but yeah it's a lot i have to find out mm-hmm. so i'm i'm really excited to hear about your experience especially as a mother and a wife just what it was like living during the pandemic working or if you're in school so mm-hmm. would you like to share I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, well, I think technically the pandemic began for me um, in March. I mean, I think that's when I heard about um, school closings and I wasn't working in the school system, but uh, my son's daycare followed the school system. So whenever they close, wherever the um, CPS closed, the daycare closed. So she um, notified me that they were going to close at the end of March. And that kind of really changed my whole idea of what I was doing. I did also get, I got laid off, but it wasn't pandemic related. Um, It was actually related to some discrimination I experienced. So um, I was like in the middle of that. So it was like a pretty crazy um, time for me. It was really heady time. I was was only, um, I only had my son at that time. And he, um, he was still a toddler. So imagine going from having like a very busy life, um, you know, working and going to send him to daycare to us now being isolated and not having a sense of what um, was to come, you know. And um, my husband was still, you know, out working and he couldn't, he was a frontline worker, so he couldn't stop working. And so we just tried to bear with it. 
And um, again, I'm still under the Trump administration. So a lot of unknowns, you know, wasn't the best communicative time. Like people weren't, you know, really organized. It was very disorganized. Um, our state did as best as it, as it could. We have a, a pretty good, um, like Illinois, have you ever lived in? I have a, one of, no, I visited one of my best friends from high school is from Chicago. So I visited. Okay. Okay, so you've been here before. I mean, it's, it's a big city, and it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty um, organized city. It's an organized city, even though it has a pretty bad reputation um, in terms of crime, and it's, that reputation is real, but it's still, you know, um, functional. And um, so most of the city knew how to, uh, you know, kind of respond, um, and, it, and it happened pretty quickly. So um, there was some, like, rapid changes in... Um, you know, just like going shopping and food shopping and masking and trying to find a mask. And you, you remember how all that happened, like kind of like a domino effect. And then um, trying to, you know, figure out like how things were spreading. People weren't very clear on it. Um, the neighborhood I lived in at that time was not a Black neighborhood. It was a predominantly Black. It was a mixed immigrant neighborhood. Um so a lot of like first generation, a lot of multi-generational people living in units. We were living in an apartment at the time. And so it was actually one of the highest rates of infection um, in the city. It was in Westridge um, just because everyone was living together. So it spread very quickly. Um, so it was scary overall. Um, I don't remember it being like, too too scary but I do remember everyone else around me like kind of freaking out Mm -hmm. yeah were you guys wiping down like groceries with Clorox did you do that (laughs) you know my mom sent me some my mom lives still lives in Georgia by the way so she was in Georgia for almost the whole pandemic um and staying with my grandma who's elderly and so she sent me a whole bunch of gloves so her thing was like, make sure you wear gloves everywhere you go. And so I was gloving, <laughs> you know, instead of like wiping stuff down, we'll like have gloves and masking. And I think, you know, it feels like like almost 10 years ago. It feels like so long ago. Like I can't even remember all the details. So this is like interesting for you to like even ask me. I have to like think about it. Right, because even though it was two years ago, and now there's a war, so I'm feel I feel like I really need to <laughs> talk to people because it's like trauma upon trauma, and people just trying to move forward. Honestly, if you don't get these stories now, and to a point where I feel like if you give me like these prompts, I can try to I can try to help you. I know it's just you, but get some Chicago stories because, girl, like the South Side. Because so my my story is like a very specific North Side story. Your city's divided, and so I can tell you what happened in North Side, but I don't know what's happening in the South Side, girl. Like, it. I heard my friend was a um, a ER resident. And you should talk to him. He's not black, but he works in a, a majority black hospital. Mm-hmm. And those stories were just like crazy. It was just really, really devastating um, for the community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to hear. Because I didn't realize, so Chicago, okay, so <laughs> when I think about Chicago, I think of Richard Wright's book, Black Boy, and that was in the, the 50s? 
And okay. I remember the loop and like, so Chicago is divided between black and white from the book. Like, this is like my reference. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's real. I mean, whatever Lorraine, you, you see you're like an English person, right? So whatever she wrote in Raising the Sun, that's true. Yeah. Um, all that, you know, kind of Bronzeville, black, you know, community on top of black community, middle class, all different type of classes, all that's true. Um, I mean, it's a rich, rich tapestry of Black life. All that's true. Lots of crime. Um, but generational um, wealth and generational po- poverty living side by side mm. because of how segregated the city is. So even if you're middle class, so even me, like me and my husband, we, we live in Waukegan, but we were looking on the South side, like for real, we wanted to move to the South side because we're, you know, my husband actually is Nigerian, but, um, you know, we read Black and we are culturally, you know, connected to the Black community. So we thought we wanted to live on the South Side, but that wasn't how it worked out. Um, so even like, you know, you see the Obamas, you see Michelle, mm-hmm. like, and, and regionally, they're going to be from, you know, High Park is like 45th to like 60th. They're going to be in that area, you know. So, oh, so were they can, so I, growing up, so my dad, I asked my dad, I thought we were middle class because my parents met in graduate school. They met at the new school and they were both getting master's degrees in industrial psychology. So my dad went on, he got a PhD in clinical psychology at Columbia University. Then my mom got a master's in social work. She also got a master's in education. So she has like three master's degrees. So I thought we were middle class. And I remember talking to my dad. He's like, Sonia, we are the working class. And I was like, you're a doctor. Like, I was like, how are we the working class? He said, because we have to work. He's like, we don't have trust funds. Like you're on a scholarship to boarding school. Like, he's like, we're not, don't be fooled by like <laughs> the the materials, like we have an apartment, we have food, we have clothing, but he's mm-hmm. like, we're, we're the working poor. And I remember looking at him like the working poor and now as an adult, I'm like, oh, the, he meant paycheck to paycheck. I think about that, like you're educated, your husband's educated, but it's like, can we call ourselves upper middle class? Well, I mean, d- um, that's a good question (laughs) you know it's 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 different ways that that kind of gets defined but in terms of like um demographic data in terms of like looking at like a map because I spent a lot of time doing the central office sitting looking at the map of Chicago figuring out where the resources were and trying to figure out where the gaps were you know like where are the gaps where are the deserts where are the places where um, people are not having access to the basics and also like, you know, schools, like what schools were getting money um, funneled towards them, you know, based on, you know, the way the neighborhood tax structures, you know, all that stuff. Right. And that can really let you know where you belong. So for example, I grew up in Bed-Stuy, right? So are you a prep kid, by the way? Are you a prep? Yeah, I'm prep. Are you prep or prep or prep? Nine? I'm prep. Yeah. I, no, you, I'm prep or prep. Oh, and I'm prep nine. Okay. So okay. where did you go to high school? I went to Poly. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a Poly with Alfred in them. 
So that's how you know um, the, whole, the whole group of them at Poly. Is that what Jason yeah. Ford was? Jason Ford. Oh, was so Shaka, no, Jason went to Little Red Schoolhouse. Oh, and Shaka was there with you guys, right? And like Sean Field. Okay. Well, Shaka, Shaka, Arian. Yeah, who, he was here in Chicago. Yeah. Shaka, Arian, um, Sean. I don't, know if you, I don't know if Sean was a prep kid, though. Um, yeah, Sean was a prep kid. Oh, I know he went to Vassar. Yeah, all of the Vassar, Vassar. But Shaka's not a prep kid. Shaka just went to Poly and, uh, is, you know, kind of had prep friends. That's just uh-huh. the weird thing about prep is that you sometimes you have Black um, or, like, people of color who, like, are prep kids, prep, you know, prep kids, but are not in prep. But, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, so would you go for um, boarding school then? I went to Taft in Watertown. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so funny, I grew up with Arian, and I think I'm like Chicago because our, so Arian's mom and my mom were good friends. So we all grew up together. Um, wow. So you know Arian. Okay. Yeah, no, Ar- Arian and I went to school together, and um, I've never, I haven't seen him because like everyone's like in deep in middle ageville, but. Um, but yeah, so Arian, you know, um, he, you know, he's a good, well, one of my good friends, Kai. So, you know, I kind of just always, he was always like within the the mix and he's like one year younger than his class. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so he age-wise, he's like the same age as, as my class. So, but yeah, so yeah, we know all very, we're mutuals, we, we mutuals, but what you were saying about like, you know, thinking about work, being at work in poor, poor. Is that like, yeah, going to bed, I was in Bed-Stuy, right? So um, Bed-Stuy demographically, um, you know, really went through a lot of changes in the last 20 years. Property values changed tremendously, but you, you still look at the schools, you still go over there to Marcy Avenue and you still looking at that school data and you're gonna know that this is a working class neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, a working class neighborhood. I don't care how many brownstones are built in that, you know, that area, million dollar brownstones, working class schools, you know? Mm, so, yeah. That's such a good indicator. I didn't know you from best size. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I'm very best side. I'm, I'm three generations best side. My, my father had a house that we live in. Um, my father lives in his, is his grandfather's house. Oh. Um, so they were best side. And, you know, turn almost the turn of the century, a little bit after, you know, so, you know, that history is real, it's really deep. So um, I really, I, I connect to a lot of Black Chicagoans, even though, like, I don't really get along with them because like, I'm very East Coast. But when I hear about them talk about their pride in their neighborhood, like, I respect that. Like, I know about you know, how they feel about being homeowners to homes that are dilapidated, you know, like, I really care about that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like they, they do care about their schools. Uh, they, do, they do want their schools to improve, but you know, the resources just don't get channeled that way in the right. city. It's very hard. It's very hard. But anyway. So oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I know you have two young kids. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm um, also a little, I've been up since like five. So. Oh, all right. Um, you, gotta, you gotta help me stay focused. Let's see. Okay. So, about. So in terms of living during the pandemic, so we talked about grocery shopping. So were you at home with the two young children or working from oh, home? Or? So no, so I wasn't working at all. 
and I didn't have my daughter at that time. So I wasn't even pregnant. I just had my toddler. So it was just me and my toddler and my husband. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And then, so can you describe how, um, how is it different now in 2022 as opposed to during the pandemic? Like, are people back to working in person? Are people still wearing masks in the grocery store? Are you still wearing gloves when you go out? So no gloves. I stopped the gloving a long time ago. Um, that I'm, I'm really don't like gloves in general. Um, now it's really, you know, it's, it's like nothing ever happened. I mean, people are still masking. I went to, where was, I mean, my neighborhood is very, in the Toronto neighborhood is very white, you know? So if I'm like in Libertyville, which is next to us, like I'm like probably one of the only blacks in the space. If I go to Whole, Whole Foods, if I go to Trader Joe's, I'm the only black. So I was in Trader Joe's. And I was looking around, it's like, what? Because, like, that demographic is, like, none but retirees in that neighborhood. So I was looking around, like, what are the retirees doing? And they were, some of them wearing masks. Mm. Some of them wearing masks. And it was just crazy. I was like, y'all not scared? <laughs> um, but I think people are just, they're over it, you know? Like, people are over it. Oh, and I also was curious, I watched Governor Cuomo's daily briefings in 2020 and 2021. So did your governor have daily briefings or how did you get your news? That's a good question. Um, so the city had, in fact, there was this great um, Black woman who was in charge of it. Um, I forgot her name. They just gave honor her with an award. But we didn't get state briefings as much. The state started eventually doing these kind of like different cold reds and yellows and orange and stuff. And that's Pritzker. But that wasn't what was daily. The daily was from the city. And so they were, they were doing the briefings on the regular basis, like literally on Channel 9 News, Dr. Arwadi. Um, she's still on Twitter and Facebook now. Hmm. Yeah, she's still she's still working. I know she um stepped down, but she's still working. Can you put her name in the chat? Oh, oh, sure, sure, yeah, we'll do. Um, yeah, look her up because she's awesome. Um, she was always really calm. Like she was never like giving us the sense that things weren't in control. Our mayor, I don't know if you know about Lightfoot. Do you know about her? I, I yes, there's a lot of memes, but I do know. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Um, so what I know officially about her that she was the first openly lesbian woman to be elected mayor. Well, and then, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then all the unfortunate memes. But so which <laughs> unfortunate that I'm not <laughs> dignify them right now. But yeah, um, <laughs> was she giving like daily briefings? So Lightfoot just handed it over to these these folks. So I was, I mean, she tried, but her street cred was not that great because she just got elected. So people were trying to figure out like what this lady was going to talk about. And so I think that she kind of just put Dr. Awadi out every day. And mm-hmm. that was like a really smart move for her to do. Because um, like, I don't remember like for saying like, I mean, she said a lot of things and she was the one who kind of like opened up bars and closed bars and she got a lot of slack for that. Um, oh, really? Not anymore, no. Did, so Chicago shut down? Like everything was closed for a while? Yeah, so in terms of the timeline, I could probably, this is some really good Chicago radio. So I will just tell you to go 
look up at WBZ and then Google um, Corona or COVID response or COVID um, programs. And you, you could spend hours just going through their news coverage. And it's, and it's fabulous. Like, it's really great. Um, you know, so that was like usually my main source of info. I mean, the, the Tribune, of course, is also pretty, you know, helpful, but I didn't really look at that. I was like, New York Times, New York Times. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find out what's going on. I'm gonna look at the Times, like a real, like a real New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. I listened to them. That's where NPR records, wait, wait, don't tell me. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, I know them. Yeah, wait, wait, don't t- tell me. That's, that's a classic. <laughs> Okay. Oh, the other, the other doctor, I'm, I'm going to put her name in here, is Dr. Nzogi Azike. And she, she stepped down recently. Nzogi mm-hmm. Azike. She was great. So, yeah. And, and I also um, asked people if there's anyone who may, they know, who may have lost their life during the pandemic who you'd like to memorialize. You know, see, this is the thing. Like, Unofficial deaths around about COVID was, that was very common in the community. Mm. So people were passing away. I mean, in my world, I've lost my cousin, but I don't know if he passed away from COVID. Okay. I have a suspicion that he possibly did, but I don't want to put it out there because his mom has never confirmed it. But that's the only person that within my world, who I know for sure, um, within my family, who I would want like, even like, I know other people, but I don't know them like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, no, thanks. I mean, it was really shocking. And he wasn't here. He was in um, Egypt. So. Oh, living mm-hmm. there? Yeah, yeah. Egypt. So he was only 34, 35. So really young. Wow. I just started thinking about Jason Ford. I do want to, I went to his, um, his wake last week. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Did you, and I watched the streaming of the funeral. I did watch the streaming too. Yeah. That was really hard. It's hard. So, like someone we know, it's, I just. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I think about it. I told my husband about it, like kind of like trying to let him know that that day I was going to be like a little off um because it hurt um I can't say that I've, I'm close to, to to Jason but I am close to him because we literally stood next to each other at every <laughs> assembly <laughs> so we're the same height and we're our names are right next to each other you know I was folks oh. he's four you know <laughs> was that at um which school this is that prep but we're in the same contingent Prep for prep. Yeah, we're the same continue. We're 14. I follow him on social media, but he was always so supportive. Just mm-hmm. a great guy. Always. I, I, I've never had any, I mean, I don't think I can't even remember the time when he didn't crack a joke. Like everything was just like finding the joke and cracking the joke. So he was just like someone you knew that was going to be comfortable and you knew that he was going to be like like on your side you know like you weren't ever gonna be outside of that 
conversation, wherever it was, you know, because you know how prep is, like, prep was kind of like, you're up, you're down, you're in, you're out, like, it's really a lot of, like, clicks, and, and as a person who always was a floater, like, I didn't have a click, yeah, had a click, so, um, but if I were to, like, step into, like, adjacent conversation, he would make sure that I felt, like, a part of it, you know, even though I wasn't close to them in that way, you know, yeah, yeah, I guess I, I want to just memorialize him, even though he, I don't know, he died two weeks ago, and it's just been really hard, especially now, it's like we do watch funerals online now, it's just very, um, I don't even know. I don't know why people are live streaming funerals, I mean, it's a, that's the second live stream funeral I ever watch, yeah, have you watched another one? Yeah, so the week before, a friend of mine from my 20s died. And so literally <clears throat> on my lunch break from work, I'm watching her funeral in Atlanta. And I was like, I don't even know how I'm supposed to go back to work right now. And then before that, um, <clears throat> I watched a few funerals with my mom that were live streamed in 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, someone could just, my father just dropped a link in my Facebook messenger talking about, let's watch, you know, you're you going to watch Lenny's funeral. I'm like, okay, duh. you know, something about it's just kind of, I did, but I did watch it, you know? And so I guess it's kind of like a new thing. Someone should write about that. So someone should write an article about that. Like how we, how we, how we mourn, uh, how do we memorialize people now? It's, 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 it's kind of strange. You know, <clears throat> I think I will. Cause I was like, so I'm on my lunch break. I'm going to watch this funeral and then I'm going to go back to work. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> like, I literally, I can't even describe. Yeah. Like some of them are pretty well edited. Even Jason's like, they, they zoomed in, they zoomed out and you don't know when it's going to zoom in. So, you know, some, some, sometimes you got to fast forward over certain parts it's, you know, you feel weird, you know, about, about doing that. Cause this is something that, you know, but the, you know, the family wanted to do it, you know, they had the choice to do it and they, they shared it with everyone. So, um, yeah. at the wake, did you see any of the prep people? I did. So I saw, um, Oh, because you're prep for prep. Okay, let me think. I know a lot of prep nine people though. So yeah. Like Tammy Small was there. Um, she was like my advisor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Diane Billings, she had a a reception in Brooklyn, but she wasn't able to make it. Oh. Um, Let's see. Shaka flew in from from LA. LA. He did. yeah, Shaka was there. Arian, I had just missed Arian. His flight had gotten delayed and delayed. So okay. Alfred, Sean Fields. Um, mm. Oh my goodness. Amiko Who? Amiko. You know Amiko? Yes. yes. She's from far back. I know, I know Jason best because of Amiko. Me and Amiko were like best friends in high school. And so I know that I would go to Far Rock to hang out with her and then Jason would be because all the Far Rock Far Rock people all know each other they all went to the same school <laughs> yeah oh my god because I saw so many familiar faces and I was like oh what's his name what's your name Marilyn Marilyn Wilson do you know her karma she goes by karma 
her sister is a doctor. Oh, hi. I'm not sure. Melanie. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking. Well, now, because I, I I saw some pictures on, um, Maryland's. Um, and people, but like I said, like prefer people. Like I haven't talked to Marilyn in a long time, and all of a sudden I get a message from her, um, you know, saying, "Hey, how's it going?" Like, okay. Yes, <laughs> it's weird. Like funerals become like reunions. Um, yeah, you know, I guess what it is. Yeah, yeah, and that was also interesting. You were required to wear a mask going into to the viewing. Mm-hmm. And then coming out, like I'm, I took my mask off. Some people took theirs off. Some people kept theirs on. Mm. But yeah, that really hit me hard. I was just like, "How does someone my age die?" It, it's it's literally, I think, the first classmate who's passed away that I know of since like a Smith Smith person. Even Smith people, they the person who I knew passed away from Smith. They weren't close. I wasn't close to them. I they weren't within circles that I know. So this is my first like generation person who passed away. And even still, like I saw recently, I saw his name. Oh, I was on LinkedIn and I saw a message that he sent, and I was like, Oh, oh my god! Like, yes, like Facebook. <laughs> they have those memories, and I got a memory back in two thousand and. 10 or 11 my car was broken into I was living in Princeton New Jersey at the time and I was asking people for advice on a car to get because I had an Acura and I didn't know people breaking the Acuras because it was an old Acura and Jason Ford was like yes Sonia um you should look into getting like a Honda or Hyundai but he's like yeah Acuras get broken into all the time and I was like looking at this conversation that we had that I had forgotten about it was just my god that's that's so crazy it's it's still hard it's so hard it's hard anyway he wasn't affected by covid was he or do you know um i don't know yeah yeah i just they just said he had a heart attack oh and can you just share what your nonprofit does sure i've got the url in here and we're doing a fundraiser right now. We're trying to raise money, so I will also have you who like my like my page on on Facebook. Um, so here's the the website, and I'll drop the page in your um at the Facebook Messenger. But basically, it's a BPOC youth arts nonprofit. I went to SAIC. I went to School of Art Institute. That's how I even got here. Um, of Chicago. So SAIC was like my home for like a long time. And I worked at the museum associated with the school. So um, I've been there in that world for a minute. And it's very, very creative. It's amazing. They have every studio available, but ain't nobody bringing kids up in there, especially from the South side. It's very hard to get access to that really prime space for creative so the idea of the nonprofit is to help link communities to the arts ecosystem in Chicago. So that's what I'm trying to do. I love that. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it so much. And I'll, yeah. I'll email you. Thank you. Let me, let me know how it goes. Definitely.
Bye, Alicia. Right. Bye. Have a good night. Nice to see you. My name is Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is my oral history project, Black America and COVID. Thank you.